This is the Fedora Chronicles Network. This is the Metaphysical Connection, Episode 18, Ancient Alien Pyramid Technology, Part 1, with your hosts, Walt Schnabel and Eric Renderking-Fisk. This time we have Donald and Hillary calling each other frauds, third-party candidates, the gorilla in the room and horrible parenting, and the week in space news. Meanwhile, Walt and I are enjoying our new favorite beverage, Hard Ginger Ale from Henry's Hard Soda. Stay tuned, and thanks for listening. So right off the bat here, we wanted to talk about our favorite beverage of choice right now. We are recording the podcast with um, Henry's Hard Soda, um, Hard Ginger Ale, and it is made with, uh, uh, made with real cane sugar. And um, it says right there on the bottle, contains alcohol. Mm-hmm. So you might as well just put it on a neon sign saying, Fisk, drink this. And I, I messaged them on Facebook telling them that we, we do indulge. We love their product. Um, in their product during while we're recording, and, and they like that. They they actually messaged me back and said they, yeah. they would have to listen. They uh, Yeah, and it, it's, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a great product. And the thing is, is that this is the second week in a row that we're trying their, um, or we're indulging in their uh, ginger ale. Next week, we're going to try um, uh, another another one of um, of their uh, their product line. So The orange? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I... Yeah. I think that's all they have right now. They have orange and, and ginger okay. ale. Uh, but they probably will be expanding. They, they, I noticed on the Facebook thing, they've been getting calls for like black cherry and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's awesome. So they're, I guess they're expanding. Um, come from the good old drinking city of Milwaukee. Exactly. Where my one of my uncles lived and, and um, drank a case of beer a day and a, and a fifth of schnapps between him and his wife. And that was just in the evening. He got done with work. <laughs> we went to visit him one time and, and uh, ooh, that was impressive in some sense. <laughs> what, a, what, what a great way to start the day, huh? Well, he, no, he, he actually worked, he was a painter. I mean, a uh-huh. house painter. Oh, okay. So he worked full time. I mean, and... Came home and, and I mean they Mil, Milwaukee has the 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 most taverns per square inch I guess of any city and I mean it, there's there's streets where it's nothing but taverns really yeah oh yeah it's a drinking town we gotta we gotta go there at least it was this was you know a number of years ago we gotta go there yeah I mean do a remote from there all right we can find our way back maybe maybe we might live there or whatever. Ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so we um, we wanted to start off the first half of the show talking about the news of the week. Yeah, and we really some, sort of got into it. Do we want to? Do you want to? Do you want to warm up to the, the the gorilla in the room, as it were? No, let's get hell. Let's get right to that gorilla. All right. There is a seven. Was it seven hundred and fifty or seven hundred twenty-five pound? I'm just silverback in the room. Yeah. Um, a, a big story um this week and I, I don't want to talk about it in terms of the sensationalism of it because you know to me it's it's a story that's deeply that deeply saddened me and i'm sure a lot of other oh, people too. oh sure um for, for one thing we we lost a magnificent animal yeah um, yeah that you know you know there's just not many of them around anymore and and that's the real tragedy of the whole 
of the whole thing. Um, but but on another level, I, I you know I, I was a behaviorist for for ten years, so I, so I really studied behavior, and I understand, in particular, um, juvenile behavior. Exactly. Yeah. And and this kid was what three? I think. Um, I think it was three or four. Yeah. Yeah, he was a to- uh, sort of coming out of the toddler stage. Sure. Uh, sure. And apparently, I, I guess everybody knows the details of it by now. It's been all over the news, and every time it comes on, my wife screams at me to change the channel because she can't stand the and, and we have the links. sight of the whole thing or the, or even thinking about it, which which I can understand. And, and we have links <clears> to <throat> it in the show page as well. Right. Right. So so this kid apparently um, they were they were in the zoo and and they were at the gorilla exhibit. Um, enclosure, whatever it is, and the kid said he wanted to go down with the gorillas, and and his mother said no, right, and he did it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he went anyway, and and the, you know the whole thing happened as a result of that. Are you sure the kid's so, last name isn't Fisk? <laughs> well, I hope not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't think your your boys would do something like that. No, but um, I would. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's 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 another story. Uh, but my my what I what I learned as a behaviorist, and I'm going to approach it from that point of view is that kids don't start to um, challenge rules when they're three years old. It begins very, very early on. And it's a natural process of, of um, child development to challenge, to challenge things that they're told to do or not do. Where are the boundaries? Tell, <clears throat> I want to know. Well, what, that's the thing. Right. Go ahead. You want to talk about boundaries? Or? Well, the thing is, is that, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm taking this from two different approaches. As a, okay. as a, as a, as a former child and perpetual adolescent, Mm-hmm. And as somebody who is an adult with parents, so I can look at this from two points of view. Adult with ch- children, you mean? Or? Yeah, I mean, yeah. As, as a dad, as yeah, a father, yeah, yeah. as a father. You said adult with parents. And as a parent. As a parent, okay. as an adult, as an adult with parents, right. especially with one um, one parent who is like sort of devolving thanks to uh, um, being elderly and, and a lifetime of neglect and abuse right. to his body and. It's what they call the sandwich generation, I guess. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that looking at it from both perspectives, the kids need to know where the boundaries are, and the kids are going to push the boundaries, and they're mm-hmm. going to see how strict you are. Children right, are right. always going to say, if I tell if I tell my son not to touch the hot stove, and I tell him a thousand times, don't touch the hot stove, he may or may not eventually touch the hot stove. But if he touches the hot stove once... That's all you need to know. But unfortunately, you can't do that with a gorilla. No, and, and the, the point that I'm trying to make is that that kind of thing does not start at three years old. It starts very early on. It, it starts when the first challenge comes from the child to the parent. Right. And my, my, wife's favorite, my, my, wife's, my wife's favorite example of this is when you, when you see a, a young couple with, with a child walking down the street, in, yep. say in the wintertime, and both of them have hats and gloves and coats on, and the child has none of that. Right. They, they might have like a light, sometimes just a t-shirt. Sure. Uh, and I'm not talking dead winter necessarily, but but cold weather. Right. Know? So uh, on first sight, you'd say, oh well, okay, they're they're probably bad parents, um, but but you know that they dress themselves for the weather and. Uh, didn't dress the child, but I think that's probably not what it is. No, no, I think no. I think it's the fact that they told the child to put their coat on, and and the child threw a hissy fit, and they said rather than getting it into into it with the kid, they just say, "Oh, okay, you don't have to wear a coat. That's okay." That's where it starts, mm-hmm. and that starts very early on, whether it's with eating or well, sure. whatever it is. Sure, um, you know, and and kids naturally challenge their boundaries. That's 
that's okay. It's how you deal with it that that's important. It's very important. And 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 with this case with the gorilla, this kid apparently was challenging the boundaries of of the gorilla enclosure, and the mother said, "No, you can't go in there." Okay, but that was it. And then she didn't do any further steps after that. Like get the kid away from the the, the, right, the gorilla right, cage right, for fuck's sake. Right. He he already said he was going to do it or wanted to do it. Right. So that's the first stage to doing it. And and she ignored him or something. I don't know what the particulars of it are, but I know that he ended up in the grill enclosure and, and what happened happened. Um, so so what that leads to is is a, a a really a mindset I think that that is pretty prevalent now. Um, like when you see a, a child in a restaurant, you know, running around and disturbing other people and stuff like that, and the parents are just kind of sitting there having their dinner and ignoring the kid or or whatever the circumstances Pretending are. Pretending nothing see is that. wrong, right. No, right? Nothing's wrong. But but the thing is, you know, when a child challenges the boundaries like that, which they will do, as I said, you need to have a conversation about that with that child about what's going to happen if you do that. What are what are the ramifications of that? What are the what are the possibilities for you for you if you do go ahead and do that you know and you can have that with a with a fairly young child they they understand absolutely and if, you, if you put it in in language that they can grasp and then they can understand and give them examples they're a whole lot less likely to do it and you know if they're going to challenge that kind of a thing then you got to keep your eye on them you know if a kid says they want to cross the street without you without you holding their hand um for my money, you better hold their hand even tighter. Exactly. Because yeah. they're going to give yeah. that a try. Yeah. You know? And that, that's what I think is at work here. Now, now, how is this a metaphysical connection? Well, I think it is. I, I, I think because it brings up a larger issue of how we deal with wild animals. And, and do we really need zoos? Are, are zoos really fulfilling a purpose other than giving humans some insight into animals in an artificial environment? Because... It makes them feel good or happy or, or whatever. I, I know one thing for damn sure, it does not make the animals feel happy. Animals are not made to be in enclosures. Oh, like absolutely that. not. It's just and not the way it is. No matter how nice it is, it's not natural. I you know? think that one of the nicest zoos that I've ever been in, I'm using air quotes when I say this, was that when my wife and I went to Animal Kingdom down in Florida, mm -hmm. Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yeah. And they had these vast, just these vast swatches these just th hundreds if not thousands of acres mm -hmm. where they have like giraffes and antelopes all these animals that you could possibly imagine just running around wild and you're in a hotel surrounded by a gate or two sounds like jurassic park it sounds exactly like jurassic park except for without the dinosaurs and that was one, the T-Rex. Right. And that, that was one of the most awesome experiences ever because the, the, they can come and go as they please. And if anything, we're in their tor territory. And you just look out your hotel room and there you have all of these animals. That did, I, that, did you see the clip of Arnold being Arnold's Jeep? Arnold Schwarzenegger's yeah. Jeep being chased by a bull elephant? And I think that if you're going to see, if you if you were going to see animals, that's... They, they, that's, cut, out the, they cut out the, uh, the, the um, audio. Yeah, from from Arnold saying, "Move the jeep now!" <laughs> Being a girly man, <laughs> get in the jeep. Get out of this goddamn jeep! <laughs> no, no Terminator in a, being chased by a bull elephant. Huh? Exactly. So, I, I, but there's another artificial thing. You know, they, they've got 
people that ride through these safari parks or whatever. And, yeah. and, and I'm not trying to diminish your pleasure that you got from that, Eric. But sure. or, I mean, are you saying that was a good thing? Or I'm, I'm saying that it gave, I, I don't me, know. it gave me a deeper appreciation for, for wild animals. And the thing, and if you were going to see wild animals, I think that you need to see them in some kind of a, like a nature preserve. Did it, do you think it gave the wild animals a deeper appreciation of human beings? I think it gave them a deeper appreciation of me. That's all. I think I, that that's. Mm, <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> that's all. That's all. That as as a total pure. You know. So you were so you're like throwing peanuts out of the hotel window. And oh no! Like they that. they they actually allow you to go out there and drop off like like grain and and or um or or uh, or um. Hay for them. Unnatural things for them to eat. No, no, purely natural stuff. I mean, that they would eat naturally. Oh, absolutely. Wild animals eat grain. Nuts, nuts, and nuts and berries and stuff. I'm I'm just messing. No, I totally understand. I think that that's the important distinction. My larger point here is that the human human race's relationship with the earth, yeah, is is highly questionable. Right, um, and and all you have to do is look around at the env- what we're doing to the environment and blah blah. And these are all arguments that, you know, for a, for a larger argument, maybe on a show or something. But sure. But my point is is that we are not in harmony with nature and with the planet, and and that zoo incident really that I highlights think, emphasizes it. That, that highlights yeah, it. It does. It does. You know, we, we, as animals don't want to be in those places. They're only there for the edification of of human beings. Yeah, and that's that's out of balance. It's out of sync. Uh, you know, if you look at how the, the Native Americans approach nature, they were they lived in harmony with nature. But I'm going to say something, and I know that this is going to offend a lot of people, and I hope that I offend people the right way. The I'm, and I'm not talking about our audience. I'm talking about the people who are too stupid to listen to this podcast. I'm talking about the the fat, gross neck beards who are fat, lazy, and stupid. And they cannot get out of their own way because their idea of recreation is is sitting in their lazy boy playing Xbox or PlayStation. For but, for, but, but that's a small minority, I think. I think that I think that that minority is getting larger. Well, maybe, well, no, you, no, no pun intended. These people who their minds are nothing but empty vessels for other well, people to put ideas they into. They have they have a lazy approach. They to, would to life. they would never ever be able to survive out in the wild because Darwinism would take over, and that's <laughs> well, the reason yeah, why they'd get carried off by a by a pride of uh, lions. Yeah, but, and, but my my point I'm getting to not to interrupt you, but sure, um, we're, we're I'm aiming this more toward the people, the everyday person who who just goes through life and and sort of you know takes things as they come, and doesn't really look into the deeper meaning of things. Right, you know. Um, and I, I think that's really what this show is about. Hopefully, you it's, know, it's, it's for the people who something deeper. maybe are on a little, but kind of an autopilot, you know. And and taking nature for granted is is one of the things that we do. Um, that's a, that's a travesty. And you know, you can't you can't take animals and the natural environment and and plants and trees and all those things too for sure. for granted. You know, like when you cut a tree down um, to 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 just get it out of your way or, or kill an animal because it's, you know, it's doing something you don't like picking through your garbage. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Those, those are things that are out of sync with, with sure. the natural order of things. And that's, that's really what I'm trying to get to. 
Um, there's a good line from from a Woody Allen movie. Um, I think it might be Annie Hall, but he he goes back. He he of course he's lived in New York all his life, so he's he knows nothing but New York and yes. New York state of mind. Yeah. So he goes he goes to visit. Um, I think it's Annie Hall's parents or something who live, sure. you know, not really out in the middle of nowhere, but it's probably on Long Island or somewhere, you know, right. somewhere. Or um, and and you know he's in nature anyway. The point is, sure. So he makes this. He makes a comment that he's at two with nature, <laughs> rather than being at one with nature. You know, just right. I think kind of funny. Is that yeah. funny? Or, I, mean, I thought it was funny. You had to but, be there. <laughs> well, you had to be watching Annie Hall, I guess. But I know you're not a big Woody Allen fan, but. Oh, I like um, Woody Allen. It's a child molestation. And, well, and, and yeah, the, that's that's, that's another whole thing. But but uh, a bit, and you had said this, and I think that this is very important. Whereas we live in these essentially one of my favorite film noir movies. It's not really film noir, but it is film noir. The Concrete Jungle. Mm-hmm. Whereas is it this is this is who we are, and we are trying so hard to separate ourselves from nature. And and we put ourselves in these concrete boxes, and we get back and forth in these metal boxes, and we're surrounded by technology, and we're sur- surrounded by modern luxuries. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, when we go to visit nature, we want nature on our terms. Exactly, like you said that's, about that's, the, that's a perfect way to put it about the gor- about the gorilla it. that you were talking about with that when you saw when mm-hmm. you were my son's age, and 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 that was in Milwaukee, and it actually. was in Milwaukee. <laughs> And and they should have let him go to the taverns, actually. And and the the gorilla is in this concrete box with this plexiglass front. Exactly. And the, right. do you think do you think that that's natural for the gorilla? Uh, Hell no. Completely unnatural. Hell no. And 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 there was a guy, um, I, I don't know what his mindset was, but he was like taunting the gorilla to get it to, it would run around the cage. You know, it was pissed, really severely pissed off. Of course. And it would butt the plexiglass with its shoulder and like the whole thing would rattle you know yeah and everybody would be like "Ooh," you know like yeah. laughing and really you know and i was like 10 years old when i saw this and, and to me it was an aberration at that point right i was like who's this guy you know and he was like oh look what i can get the gorilla to do you know you think- really that gorilla's smarter than you, <laughs> you <know? laughs> I-, I i was really wishing that the gorilla would break the plexiglass and and be able to grab this guy and and you know and then of course they would have shot the gorilla but it's a very similar incident really it is you know, this was a this was a this was not a silverback I, I remember it distinctly I remember seeing its face and it was it would come right up to the to the plexiglass and you know it was almost like it was looking at us as much as we were looking at it oh you of know? course um, and you're all being judged but it had a sadness about it it had it had a deep and undefinable sadness that I recognized when I was 10 years old, you know, and, and that stayed with me, um, to this day, which, you know, it, I dredged that memory up when we started talking about this. Yeah. To me, that's the, that's the real tragedy of this incident is that we, we, we don't even recognize what we lost no. in that animal, you know, and he wasn't doing, he was doing what comes natural to a gorilla that's invading its space, you know? Yeah. It didn't have any um, malicious intent, I don't think, even toward the animal. You know, and then you get Jack Hannon and all those people, well, we got to destroy it, you know. Okay, I get that. But it shouldn't happen to begin with. And it's and it's really not the zoo's fault, I don't think. Let's that, talk that about the That exhibit's been open since 1970-something, and no people have gotten in there. So I'm thinking that it's probably not the zoo's fault. 
Walt, for a second uh, here, let's talk about the mentality of the mother. No, I want to go there. And the thing that scares there. me to death and something that we brought up earlier. Which this, brings the whole thing full circle. Really. She runs a daycare she center. Does. She does. Believe that. Hard to imagine. Are are you going to... She's w- taking care of other people's kids, and that's what her kid does? Really? I'm going to say this, and and I'm going to call these... I'm going to call a couple of people out. I don't know them by name. If you have children who are going to her daycare every day, you are a bad parent. You are an awful parent, and you should consider strongly moving your kids out of that daycare center. And you need to recheck your values. Because if she would allow her own child to do something like that... Imagine what she's what she would allow your kid another to chi- do. Another person's another child. person's right. child, and then and it has multiple children to look after. She couldn't even watch her own kid, and you know, I don't know whether it was one on one or she had a, another kid with her. I don't know the exact circumstances, but it no. doesn't matter. It's it's all the same thing, and and you know, she needs she's not even taking responsibility for it. No, her her statement was well, accidents happen. Okay, well, yeah, but this really wasn't an accident. This was a controllable situation that she did not control. So to me, that's not really an accident. If the kid had somehow, you know, just fallen in there, I mean, that could happen, I guess. I, I don't know how high the thing is, but the, the railing. But uh, he didn't. He, he went in there with intention. He wanted to go in there. He wanted to get near the gorillas, which I get. Little kids are curious. You know, he, he, I'm sure he didn't have any intention of hurting the gorillas or anything, but but um, it was an intentional act, for, for as far as I'm concerned. You know, and and, and she's responsible for it. And she's not taking responsibility. She's responsible for, for the death of this and, gorilla. And that's a you know that's a larger problem in in America. It's like the 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 kid that um, played the what was it? What was that defense where he was too wealthy to to know the difference between right and wrong? Oh yeah. Affluenza. Yeah. The affluenza. Yeah, affluenza. Really? And some judge bought that? Are you kidding me? Can I get away with that? Can I can I use that excuse? <laughs> and look what happened. He jumped his bail and went to Mexico and they had to spend how much money to try and retrieve him or whatever they did. But but that you know, that's that's a bigger problem is that people don't take culpability for what they do. So they're destined to do that or something else as or more heinous next time. You know, and this is the same thing. This woman's not taking responsibility for what her kid did. Who knows whether the court will make her take... Number one, they should close her daycare center down and take take her license away. Yeah. If she even has one, I don't know. But uh, who you know, knows? I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the you rant, were, rant. I'm getting to the rant stage now. But but this, this is something that was preventable. It could, it could have been stopped. And, and the world is a lot sadder place for it's an, me it's because an, that gorilla is no longer it's an alive. emptier it's an emptier it thing is, it is all and right and it speaks to a bigger problem all right speaking so we're done speaking about a bigger problem here in my show notes and i wanted to get your your okay. take on this mm-hmm. um because we have given a lot of um airtime in the past talking about um by the way we might get a uh, a sponsor for gorilla glue after that's this, true after that's this true um We've been already talking a lot about the mindset of the American voter and in regards to Hillary Clinton and um, Donald Trump and Donald Trump, the Trumpster, the Trumpster, the Trumpinator. Um, Trump University turns out, according to a lot of former employees, um, it was a fraud. It was all about Mm -hmm. defrauding people of thousands of dollars that they could not afford. And Hillary Clinton gets up on the uh, on the stage on the on the campaign trail 
And his own employees testified, I want you to hear this, his own employees testified that Trump you, that Trump you was a fraudulent scheme where Donald Trump enriched himself at the expense of hardworking people. This is just more evidence that Donald Trump himself is a fraud. He is trying to scam America the way he scammed all those people at Trump U. It's important that we recognize what he has done because that's usually a pretty good indicator of what he will do. And she's calling out Donald Trump for being a fraud. Well, meanwhile, I'm thinking, ooh, fraud. Oh, Hillary Clinton. Um, Hillary Clinton has been defrauding, or she was defrauding, the American people while she was the Secretary of State. And she had, she had, um, I don't know how to say this without being um, sued for libel or slander. But the thing is, is that she was accepting um, donations to the Clinton Foundation for fair, fair, favorable actions towards these foreign dignitaries, especially mm. the the mayor of Benghazi, I guess, or a business uh, dealer, wheeler and dealer in Benghazi had said, whatever it is you do too, please do not send more American troops on September 11th, 2000, whatever, because yeah, we're, you know, things are, where things are getting a little stirred up and they made up this bullshit about how people in Benghazi were fr freaking out over this video that nobody saw. So, so what it comes down to is we potentially have what it looks like. And we're going to have two candidates that are potentially indictable. Oh, absolutely. For, for, for some, you know, really? I mean, <laughs> really? Yeah. How does that happen? How, how, you know, if people can't see that and say, oh, my God, how can you what not look are at this? we doing? What, what, what kind of political system do we have? That we have two potentially indictable people running for president. How can any normal... How does that happen? How can any normal human thinking human being with the exception of mothers who let their kids run around gorilla cages, <laughs> who the hell would look at Hillary Clinton and say, ooh, that woman stands for me? I mean, well, when was the last time you made uh, $7,500,000 or $75,000 for giving a speech, a half-hour speech? Well, I generally had to work a whole year for that. At Goldman Sachs. I, I generally have to work a whole year for that. Yeah. So somehow Hillary Clinton actually represents the working men and women of of this country and this is a woman who allegedly during the whitewater trial she was almost fired by her boss because of unethical behavior and this is when she was this, this is a real some kind of real estate thing wasn't it no no this is whitewater, this is this whitewater is, was real estate wasn't yeah it? well i'm not even talking about white, land, i'm not even talking about questionable whitewater. land deals or something questionable land deals and the thing is is that this woman has had controversies and, and accusations of fraud if anybody would accuse me of fraud five times in a row in a series in in just a, a couple of years what would that mean you know i'd, I'd like to have somebody go through the through the congress the senate and the House of Representatives and vet every one of them and see how many of them have done, you know, probably semi-indictable things, you know, if you could even get, if you, if you could even find this stuff out. If you could or, actually pull the FBI right. away mm -hmm. and get them to stop investigating blockers. Get some lobbyist that has an inside track to that kind of stuff. Exactly. Some lobbyist that wants to tell all. You know, that'd, that'd be a great Let's great, get Let's get into book. it. But the um, thing is that we have the we have Donald Trump and we have Hillary Clinton. Obviously, 
They may be indictable in the near future. No wonder people are flocking to Bernie Sanders and a third right, party. He's, he's not going to probably not going to um, the pull the, it off. I mean, the established anyway. The established. It's, it's a rigged game. It's a you know. It's a. He can have all the votes, but he doesn't have the super delegates, so he's not going to get. She the, was the anointed candidate before she even before there was even any primaries. It was, right. It was on the table. You know. I mean, I guess it could happen that there could be some kind of a big. Big turnover, but probably fairly unlikely. It's 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 pretty pretty well set in stone. I think that she was going to be the candidate. Now, Donald Trump, on the other hand, you know, sort of ran the table on all those other oh sure, clowns. but they're all clowns basically. They are in some way or another. Um, I mean, they certainly weren't hugely viable candidates that could sway people in their direction. You know, they got small pieces of the, of the pie. Um, so let, let's talk about the let's talk about an alternative today, just briefly. I don't, we don't really have a lot of time. Talking about Gary think. Johnson and how yeah, come yeah. Gary Johnson, former governor of New Mexico, why is cool place with a with a UFO situation? Exactly. Now the thing is, is that why is it you look at a candidate and apparently he's he's getting campaign contributions, money over a fist, and and okay, why is this guy getting traction? Well, I think we just gave you one of the big, huge, major uh, regions. Yeah. But but again, you know, he's not going to get the national spotlight like like the two big parties do. You know, it's it's just the way it is. And I, I know New Hampshire, where we live, has a big um, libertarian big movement. libertarian movement, right? So uh, I'm I'm going to challenge Eric right here and now, okay, to try and try and get this guy as a as a guest. All right, either on the metaphysical connection. Um, which may um, put him off a little bit because of the nature of the subject or, matter, or the Fedora, or, Chronicles. Or the Fedora Chronicles, the Fedora if, Chronicles radio if show. If you get him for either one, I'll I'll sit in with you. Oh, but that'll be great. I don't normally do the Fedora Chronicles, but that'll be great. I don't even wear my my Fedora. Absolutely. <clears throat> oh, by the way, just as a brief aside, yeah. Walt bought a a used Stetson Fedora that I think I think I've carbon dated it back to the 1950s. It, or forties, maybe forties. Well, you can. So you got the tag in it still from exactly it was New York haberdashery. Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's yeah. it's a it's a great little knob. It's got cool wear on it. It's 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 broken in to be sure. All right, I I did want to just briefly go over the uh, the the news of the week as far as space is concerned. The space okay. news. Okay. Let's of the let's week. actually talk about something metaphysical, even. Okay. Since that's what we're charged with. Okay, so the thing is, is if when we do a news segment on the metaphysical connection or on any other, basically, space.com is the CNN for space enthusiasts. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the place to go. And all of these news stories have been vetted by somebody else, so we, you know it's not bullshit. Right. Um, right here, right now. Um, well, it's, at the very least, it's vetted bullshit. Right. Story number one, Jupiter's moon Europa... Europa's oceans may have enough energy to support life. That's life here in this solar system. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, that's that is pretty exciting. The idea is that with with the gravitational pull and and the, and the electromagnetic electro, I've had too many of these already. Uh, this is only my first. All the electromagnetism <laughs> cut off. Yeah. So the thing is, is that with all this energy that is coming okay. off of Jupiter and and the gravitational pull and whatnot. Jupiter may ha- may be supporting life on Europa, and and that and there may be like magnificent ice creatures um, on Europa, oh, yes. waiting Possible. for us to to capture and, and put in zoos, <laughs> right. bring them back and make an extraterrestrial zoo. All right, all right, we can 
hopefully we can why don't if we create the environment on europa that would be we'd actually have to have like these tough, i think these yeah. these giant ice yeah. zoos you know under the under under the ice in antarctica let's uh, let's go feed the aliens absolutely um uh story number two alien megastructure kickstarter campaign launched to study tabby's star so the, thing, the, the, the thing is, is that we've been through Kepler, we've been watching the 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 uh, the dimming of specific stars to see if whether or not they have planets orbiting around them and and mm -hmm. testing the, and looking at the wobble of specific stars to see if whether or not there's something else that's pulling upon them, like, you know, super Jupiters or whatever. Mm -hmm. And there was this one it's called Tabby Star. I don't remember why they call it Tabby Star, but it has the sounds the, like it has something to do with a cat. Maybe, and it has this strange dimming effect, and it looks like a lot of people are speculating that it may be a giant alien structure built around the star to harness all the solar energy. Hmm. And they want to look at this. Notion. And the thing is, is that if, if there's an alien superstructure <laughs> built around the star, what does that mean, Walt? Um, that they've been harnessing the energy like for a long time, <laughs> unlike us. <laughs> the short version is that obviously there is an advanced alien civilization out there yeah. who's doing some pretty wild stuff. Do we want to talk Probably about some stuff we should be doing? News item number three, DARPA requests designs for XS-1 military space plane. Do we well, really we probably already have that? That's, we probably already have yeah, that's that. Secret space program. I'm sure they have one of those. Sure. We yeah. We need a new design. I, I was watching this cool documentary on. Uh, it was actually made by the guy um, that I was talking about. I don't know whether we talked about the movie um, Shasta. We did. Yeah, we talked. Yes, about we Shasta, did. Yes, we did. Which has since been been renamed the Last Avatar. Right. Uh, I haven't seen the movie yet, but it's it's on my short list. Um, and and he. He made a documentary about Kubrick, Stanley Kubrick, the yes, director. Yes, um, Talking about how he was um, con contracted to make a film of the moon landing. Um, In the event that we couldn't pull it off. <laughs> yeah, but but to mask the fact that there was there was secret space technology used to get to the moon. Yep. The, the the rocket. Um, part of it was was apparently, according to this guy anyway, was was bullshit that NASA was using to mask this this um, more advanced technology that they had to that actually produced the the moon the, journey. Really? Yeah. So I don't know. And that, and that um, that's there's a lot of symbolism in The Shining about that. Yeah. That's pretty much what this whole documentary was about. I think one of the things kind of cool. I think that what you and I need to do someday. Now, if you ever notice, if you ever watch The Shining, you probably watch it. A, if you watch it, if you like me, I've watched it about two hundred times. But right, there's one part where the little kid has a has a, a rocket on his sweater yep. with NASA on it. Yeah, really, an Apollo one. Yeah, yeah, or Apollo, Apollo eleven or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, had that get in there? Come on. Why did it get in yeah. there? There's yeah. Hard to imagine that that was one of the props exactly that, that they had laying around. You know. So anyway. Yeah. By the way, that's just, another that's another show for just, another day. Just as a quick piece of um, trivia. Where they filmed some of the snow scenes for The Shining, mm -hmm. that's also where they filmed some of the snow scenes for The Empire Strikes Back. Oh, nice! I didn't know that. So I think that that's that's I a that's did a not know that that's a metaphysical that is, connection that is. right there. Absolutely, no question. Uh, final story for the news section here that I I was actually I literally said to myself I have to save this for last. 
Um, we haven't hit the half hour mark yet. Oh, yeah. So, okay. um, right here, Stolen World, Planet Nine, also known as Planet X. Planet X uh, or Nibiru. Nibiru. Nibiru likely came from another star, meaning that during the formation of our solar system and other solar systems in the stellar nursery, there was a super Jupiter or super Neptune that was being. Um, uh, developed around another neighboring star, and as as um, our solar system got too close to this other solar system, we stole the planet away from them, and that's the only reason. Uh, that's the only explanation astrophysicists. That sounds like an indictable offense. I know. I I, I would bet you anything. Halliburton had something to do oh, with no it. Doubt. Oh, Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney. <laughs> he was behind it. I know. He Stealing was. planets. <laughs> I know he other. was. I know he was. <laughs> well, you're really out in space today, Eric. I am. It's one of it's one of my I think favorite. We're going to come back to Earth for our show for the for the other part for of our show. We are. Oh, yeah. you think so? Now, one thing, Nibiru is supposedly the home of the Anunnaki. That's why I saved it for last. Okay. Our our friends, or maybe not our friends, the Anunnaki, the landlords, yeah, our inter the custodians, as, our, as Richard Bramley calls, our interstellar landlords. Right. But yeah, okay. Well, um, so we're going to take a little break and yeah let's take a little break let's let's get another one of these uh uh henry's hard soda here and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about um hey put your fedoras on and grab your bull whips we are going to be talking about ancient pyramids mm, and maybe not so ancient pyramids. maybe not so much ancient pyramids we're going to be talking about that and uh stay tuned oh and by the way when we come back from next from the break i have a major news story to share with everybody about the metaphysical connection Oh, so stay tuned. Big news. Stay tuned. As always, we're looking for things to promote and share on the Metaphysical Connection podcast. If you have something that you would like us to discuss on the show, you can send us your copy to my email address, info at thefedorachronicles.com. We'll help you to promote your events, goods and services, and media that you created like documentaries, books, and even other podcasts that would be interesting to our audience. Once again, drop me a line at info at thefedorachronicles.com. You can find out more about us by going to metaphysicalpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter handle with more social media to come the next few weeks. Support the show by going to Zazzle.com slash Chronicles. For Metaphysical Connection products and items from our other media on the Fedora Chronicles network. Eptomology, the study okay. of stunning words. So anyway, big, huge, huge news story for fans and listeners to the Metaphysical Connection. So, but before I go any further... For the throngs of, of, of listeners. Exactly. So, Walt, what did, what did you do over Memorial Day weekend? What did I do? What did you do? Um, nothing unusual. Really? I, I barbecued a little bit. Um, made, made my infamous chili dogs. Okay. Which are uh, renowned. Renowned. Yeah. At, I, least, at least in my house, anyway. I actually heard people talking about you? about your chili yeah, dogs. I, yeah. I thought it might be on the on the news or something. But do you want to know what I Cook's did? Cook's Corner. I think do, you want, Cook's do, you, corner. do you want to know what I did over Memorial Day weekend? Sure, why not, Eric? I have a feeling you're going to tell me whether I want to know or not. Exactly. 
we have a brand new website, a brand new way to download your 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 healthy podcast addiction. Nice. We have a brand new up, website. Is that up and running? Now, it's or? up and running. It is. It's up and running. Okay. So when I Google that, I can get right to the. Eventually, we just we just have to submit all of our all of our submit your website to Google nonsense. Mm-hmm. We have to submit our URL to to the powers that be at Google, and we have okay. to and we have to sac- that's close. We 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 have to sacrifice. They a have couple. to vet us. Is they have to vet do? us. But the thing is, is, do you want to know what the what the URL is? Which means it probably has to be okayed by the CIA. Probably they got to make sure that Eric is not disclosing any secrets, right? As, um, if, as if you knew any. Oh, I know, I know, I know plenty of secrets. I do. Okay, sure. Uh, How come you haven't told me? I've told you plenty of secrets. Yeah. They're not secrets. I'm not telling <laughs> so, do you want to know? What? So, so we're almost official. We're, we are. We're we taking the next step toward official podcast. Exactly. Podcast dumb. Exactly. Is that a word? I don't yeah. know. Can you believe that nobody except for us thought to buy the URL metaphysicalpodcast.com? That's good. good. Metaphysicalpodcast.com. So they're obviously amateurs. They are. Yeah, they are. I mean, that's what I'm saying. So that's it. And, and, and on top of that, we have, you know, metaphysical podcast. So you just go to metaphysical podcast and there it is. There's, there's, our, there's our show index page where you can literally listen to all of our past shows. You can binge listen. You can binge listen. Absolutely. I'm sure there's a few people out there that yeah. spend a whole weekend just listening to us. Exactly. Exactly. And on top of everything else. And they clearly need to get a life. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of everything else, if you if you want to talk to Walt Schnabel and not have to deal with me, you can actually email Walt at metaphysicalpodcast at gmail.com. Right. And I will get back to you. Um, in a relatively short period of time. Sure. Once you figure out how Gmail right. works, we'll be mm-hmm. all set. So that's, I mean, I, I, when I when I saw that it, it actually worked and I typed in metaphysicalpodcast.com and I actually saw the webpage come up, mm-hmm. I mean, I, it, I, was, I was inconsolable. I, it was just, it was awesome. It, it was... You it, had to drink a couple of Henry's just to calm down. Huh? Oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Nice. So... I could have probably got, got it done sooner if I didn't have so many Henrys. But you know. <laughs> well, you know, depends on how you look at it. I guess. All right. So when, having fun, that that's it fun. is. So that's it. You can you can keep in contact with us. All right. And we're Sweet. and the metaphysical. Con, um, it is still a product of the Flora Chronicles Network. Um, we also have some other podcasts coming down the pike. Other, other than just the Metaphysical Connection and the Fedora Chronicles Radio Show, we have another podcast in the works. But um, I just got to get the co-host to sign off on that and say that, yeah, that, that, uh, that he's actually going to do it. But So no promises yet. Oh, who is that? It's a, it's a buddy of mine who actually uh, writes comics. Oh. So. Okay. That's so, another story for another day. Another day. Let's, so, get, to, let's get to our, our uh, big show today. Let's get to the, to the meat of the metaphysical connection. Right. We've <laughs> been giving you nothing but odors so far. So I'm going to give you a little flashback to 1978. Which brings us to the topic of this show. Let me see if I can remember that far back. I guess I can. Um, I remember watching, there was this TV show called Evening Magazine. And it was off of, I think it was Channel 4 WBZ out of Boston. 
Mm-hmm. It was it was a popular nightly nightly news. It was um, I think it was like around seven thirty that it was on. It was just right after the news, but before the big huge like Mork and Mindy and Happy Days and stuff like that. And they had a news special where and they did a fifteen minute segment on the face on Mars. Do you remember when the story about the face on Mars was a big, huge deal? And I do. Yeah, I and do. it was it was on like I think Tom Brokaw said something about it on NBC News, and it was like it was in a couple of papers. It was major news for about maybe fifteen minutes back in the late nineteen seventies, mm-hmm. and it was something that everybody was talking about. It was even for on a while. the Sunday morning news show Face to Face. Yeah, mm-hmm. Face on Mars and Face to Face. A little bit of a joke. And on top of that, and then Charlton Heston, I believe, he did a documentary on the pyramids on Mars, which had everything to do with the layout of a face on Mars and how it's laid out in direct proportion to um, all these artifacts that are found on Sidonia. And Sidonia apparently is an old Egyptian word for Mars. Hmm. And I thought that was pretty weird. That is pretty weird. Yeah, it is pretty weird. I thought you were going to talk about the $10,000 pyramid, actually, with Dick Clark resting. You know, I also have a strange thing. You can tell that's alien technology because mm-hmm. of his extra really super thin microphone that he Dick, used Dick to Clark? use. Dick Clark? Yeah. I think he might have been an alien. Did you I, notice he didn't age very much. He didn't age at all. Right. Until he had that massive stroke. And yeah. Then he, they couldn't keep him off of the New Year's Eve show. Yeah. Uh, that's another story, though. So, yeah. So the thing is, is that then we flash forward to a couple of years ago and we get back all into the metaphysical connection and we get into the supernatural. And um, I read this amazing book that made the hairs on the back of my head and my arms and my back stand up on end talking about, well, first of all, talking about Eric Von Dottikin's um, Chariots of the Gods. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And huge book, huge book, big, big book, big uh, mindset changing book, I huge think. book, yeah. huge paradigm shifting book. And mm-hmm. it turns out that and Phil Copens wrote a lot about this in some of his um, final books, talking about the pyramids that you can find all over, mm-hmm. all over the country, all over. You can find them around Europe. You can find them around Asia. Obviously, you can find them in Northern Africa. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, I got a show link. He's a very influential writer. South America. He, 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 he show turns up on a lot of shows. He's on Ancient Aliens. and Yeah. Uh, for the people who, listeners who don't know, he passed away of some kind of an odd... It was very strange how it was very sudden. It was yeah, very they, sudden. They took him out really quickly. So yeah. I mean, there's some, I guess, conspiracy theory type stuff about him yeah. possibly being... Eliminated yep. by the cabal because um, he was opening up some some eyes for people that maybe some people didn't other people didn't want to have opened. I could almost say without with total certainty that if it wasn't for men like Nick Redfern and Philip Copens, um, Tom Carey, if it wasn't Tom for Ben like Tom Carey mm-hmm. and his and his writing partner, I don't think we would have a metaphysical connection. Because well, those guys have really... They've opened the door for that kind of stuff. They've opened a lot of avenues for, for research and for people looking into those kinds of things. And people starting to give it more credibility. Exactly. You know? 
back in the '60s, if you mentioned UFOs, you were you know like people looked at you like you were people would like kook. point your yeah, like point a, your like finger not, like the, yeah. my favorite Martian. Right, if you're a policeman, you would probably lose your job. That's a great but, way to lose your job. Yeah. So our topic today is pyramids. So I have a I have an is it ept- epistemological challenge for Eric. Okay. What does the word pyramid actually mean? No, 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 you can't go on Google, Eric. <laughs> I saw you reaching for that Google wand. <laughs> what does the word pyramid mean? I right. think the pyramid, it's just the yeah. name of a shape. Well, that's a pretty lame answer, actually. It's, a, it's just the name of the right, shape. So it's, first of all, it's Greek. It's okay. Greek, okay. Greek, okay. The Greeks did a lot of the early work with with geometry and stuff like that. So you so you you're you're in the it's a, in the ballpark. It's it's a word <clears throat> Euclid came up with. Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know right. who, the, who the actual um, originator of it was. But think about the word peer uh mid. Okay. Peer or pyre. Pyromaniac. Okay. What's a pyromaniac do, Eric? What 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 do I do? <laughs> I, I didn't know you had that in your history, but <laughs> like to set fires. Exactly right. So you get fire. Yeah. Right. And mid. What is it's mid? It's in the middle. Right. So pyramid fire in the middle. That's what a pyramid. I am is. literally. I'm going to look this up because I. That's uh, that's unbelievable. You think I made that up? No, that's something I would do. I got this from David Wilcox. Well, well, cock actually, no X, CK. So you're challenging him, challenging his validity. The meaning of the word is obscure and may really revert to the shape of the. Oh, I mean, what? Fire in the middle. Ha! You tra- it translates to fire in the middle. Ha. Okay. Gotcha. All right. That's it's always a challenge to. To um, see if Eric doesn't know something, because he knows a lot of stuff. Actually, Thank you. For, for uh, um, a guy that dab, dabbles in a lot of different areas. Right, you, right. You, you have a pretty vast amount of knowledge. I, I always feel good about myself when I can stump you. When you can stump me, That's yeah. going to be a new feature, maybe. Stump Eric. Stump Eric. Right. Absolutely. So we'll so, try that at the beginning of each show. Okay, so why is a pyramid, quote, fire in the middle, unquote? Good question, Eric. I, I was hoping you would ask that question. Sure. So, you know, the traditional um, story for pyramids that you get, and, you know, what I, what I got in school anyway, and probably you too, is that these were built as monuments for, for pharaohs. Right. For kings, Egyptian kings. Burial places. Right. Um, now, now the, the problem with that story is that um, a lot of the pyramids, they, they didn't find any mummies in them. No. So if that was built as a burial tomb for a pharaoh and there's no mummy in there, what, what, what's the basis of that story? May, oh, it, maybe it's just a monument to his well, greatness. Okay, I guess you could maybe make that case. Right. However, that's not, that's not all of it. And that's probably not even true or even partially, right. partially true. Um, a lot of the research that I've done shows that these were actually energy production devices. We talked about that earlier. Right. We did. We did. Which is where the, the term fire in the middle comes from. Um, so, you know, if you start looking at the, the total geography of the world, there, there's pyramids in various 
shapes and sizes. They're and all forms. over the place. They are all, all over, over the, the place. place. Right. Now, now, why is that? How, how did that happen? Well, if you're asking Mr. Wizard, or if you're asking somebody like Bill Nye, science guy or any other traditional scientist they right. will tell you it's merely coincidence because it is such a convenient shape and size when building something it's like if if any civilization is around long enough eventually they will start building pyramids because you get to have a a, a wide base and it, it and of course it's going to taper because you know they didn't have like rebar and and um you know, uh, modern building mm -hmm. materials mm -hmm. like I-beams mm -hmm. and which, stuff like that. And which, that, that to makes me, little... makes absolutely no sense. But, okay. But, okay, if that's what they think, they can... That's what they know. think. But right. the thing is, is that why would you stack all of these blocks in a pyramid shape? That that takes a lot of effort, pal. Have oh, you, yeah. Have oh, you yeah. ever built a stone mm -hmm. wall? Mm -hmm. Well, that's... A, I've, well, I've built small stone walls moving around rocks is really yeah, a lot it's of not work. easy work yeah. it's not it's mm -hmm. a it's a good way to put out your back and build up a good mm -hmm. sweat right. ask me how i know you've done it oh yeah yeah do you know what the stone kiss is what when you get when you get the stones matched just mm -hmm. right now it's when you when you put the rock in place and your finger happens to be there and it drops on your finger that's the stone kiss that's what the stone masons call okay it. Yes, I've, I've mashed my fingers plenty of times. Well, you've been kissed by a stone. <laughs> among, by, by among other things. I had, a, I had a menage a trois between two rocks. We won't get into that. Between or, That's called between a rock and a hard place. Uh, well, we're getting off topic, man. Right. Like, so, like we're wanting to do. So uh, there are some, I guess, what you can have to consider, I guess, alternative theories as to what, what the pyramids were and why they were built. Right. Other than the fact that they were just convenient shapes that people just thought, oh, they're well, great let's, shapes. Let's build a pyramid. Exactly. Um, and and why are there pyramids in many many places all across the the planet um, built by supposedly primitive people that had no no connection at all? Allegedly. Allegedly. Right. How how'd that happen? Did they just all of a sudden? come up with a shape that they thought would be a good shape. I mean, are you, are you asking Eric Fisk as... No, I'm, not, I'm as, asking you what you think. Why, what do why I do you, think why, or why what do, do think, I know? Why do you think that's the standard line of thought? If, if, you're, if you're asking somebody who has never read the, the books that I have read on this mm -hmm. topic, mm -hmm. then of course I think the thing is, is that I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to say, well, well, for whatever reason that you would buy a, build a pyramid, whether it's like a, a, a church, a sacrificial... Um, whatever, and like you get back to the whole thing about it all being about convenience. But knowing what I know mm -hmm. and reading what I, mm -hmm. you know, I'm a perfect example of this is I just stumbled upon a website, um, the Great Atlantean Conspiracy, whereas apparently there was this advanced civilization that went around all around the world and built pyramids. For, you know, in towns where they had a presence, some kind of a presence. Mm -hmm. It's no different than it, it, whenever whenever we go and 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 knock down a, a a country or whatever. The United States always puts up an a, an embassy or and a McDonald's or McDonald's yeah. or both. Right. Well, that, and that brings up another point. How did they travel around the world? Well, did they? You know, did they, clearly they didn't walk. Well, no, of course not. 
And the thing is, is that it's like when you actually like do some research into this and you try and like look at it from a rational perspective, there's only one sort of conclusion that you can come up with. Right. And, and that is? They obviously had help or there was an advanced civilization here mm-hmm. on Earth that right. was far more advanced right. than we than we previously thought. Right. And which we have very little knowledge about. Right. If, if, I mean, we have some glimpses into some, you know, there's these large air large places where huge stone works have been left behind right you know like stonehenge and and um what's the one in turkey go gobola gobola techie yeah uh, go gobi techie yeah um that were built with an incredible some kind of incredible technology it's, it's clear to see that you know they're in ruins now but you know you have these huge multi-ton blocks that were that were carved and, and moved. put in place yeah. and moved. Um, how did that happen? And, and a lot of people say we can't even do that. We don't even have the technology for that today. We couldn't do that today. Right. So how did that happen? I mean, you that's, actually, that's there was an actual documentary or there was an actual episode um, on the History Channel. Whereas mm-hmm. is that they actually tried to have modern equipment with... Um, uh, with cranes and stuff like that, move some right. of these blocks, right. and it could right. not be done. Mm-hmm. Now the thing is, is that if you if we could not do this with modern cranes moving rocks the same size, then how the hell could primitive people have done it? Right. It's 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 hard to imagine how they could have done it using what we think of as as standard, even even our technology, much less technology five thousand years ago. You know, that, which is when they supposedly that's when the the pyramids in Egypt were built. Five thousand, well, actually, it'd be seven thousand years ago. It's five thousand BC. But um, there's a lot of thinking now that that that's not even an accurate dating. That they were actually much older than that. Yeah, going back to maybe twelve thousand BC or beyond, be back be further than that even. So where did this technology come from? I guess that's the next well, well, question. You know? Well, why don't why don't you share with us what? Well, you... I only have, there's only theories at this point. You know, the, yeah. the, I guess the pervasive theory is that there was a there was an alien race that was that had a presence on Earth yeah. um, back then, and maybe still do now. They're kicking around here somewhere. Maybe, or maybe they're working behind the scenes. You know, we don't know. Um, that brought their technology to bear on the primitive cultures of this time yeah. and created these. Now, now, just the thought that they were making monuments to themselves or, or to some god or whatever um, is a little hard to imagine, too, that, you know, that they put all that effort into just that. Whereas um, a monument more, to yourself. Well, yeah. And, you know, people make statues and things like that. But, but a statue is, is a whole lot less work than a pyramid. Yeah. And, and on top a, of that. Pyramid's a lot of work. And you, you look at it's not just it's just not the labor and the material that's involved. You, you also have to sort of whether they're slaves or not, you have to feed and clothe these people. You have to provide the tools. There's yeah. a, there's a lot yeah. of logistics. Right. Right. You just can't pull people out of the jungle and say, make me a pyramid. And there's, there's a show, uh, a series of documentaries actually. Um, and I, I saw a couple of them on Gaia network, which, which right. really has a, a lot of this kind of stuff. Uh, it's called the pyramid code. Yeah. And it's, it's by this woman who has been researching pyramids for and you can actually watch it on Netflix, I believe. Probably. Yeah. 
Um, I haven't watched all. I watched two of them, and I'm going to planning on watching the rest of them. I saw an interview with her on, on uh, uh, Regina Meredith's show, right? Open, Open Minds, which has a lot of cool, a lot of stuff. great stuff. Um, and she's, you know, she firmly believes that pyramids were were built to be sources of power. Fire uh, in the middle. There you go. That's where does that name come from? You know, I mean, the Greeks, the Greeks had insight into Egyptian knowledge. Which was which which was really advanced. You know, there were there were actually two segments of, of Egypt. There was a sure. there was a latter stage where they they sort of did, began to decline. But then there's also a golden age of, of Egypt, which which is what they're thinking now is when these pyramids were actually of built. Of course, where they had access to all of this esoteric knowledge, which has either been put underground or lost or, or whatever. Um, and there was a class of Egyptians that were privy to this. They they were the initiates. Mm-hmm. Uh, not not every Egyptian could, you know, could study. Not these, every these. Egyptian knew the secret of making pyramids. No, no, the pharaoh was one of them, of course, and the royal family in Egypt. And then there were priests, high priests that you know were sure were brought into this this level of knowledge. That it's called the mystery school. Okay. So her contention is that um, the the great pyramid in Egypt was built as a power plant. And, and that she's it, not the only one either. Oh no, 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 no. This is not her. Just her theory. This is there's many, many, many people that think this. And and what that does is it um, the pyramid apparently is a universal shape that is is made that way for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's it's not just you know because it looks cool or it's easy or it seems like it would be a good thing to do. There's, there's an actual reason for there's it. There's also some basic right. geometric right. mathematical principles yeah. behind it. Well, for you, one thing, the, the pyramids are in alignment. with Each corner of the pyramid is directly at north, south, east, or west. Okay. So it's you know it was, it was aligned with that kind of intent. It's also celestially aligned with, with uh, celestial bodies. Yeah, the, the, uh, the pyramids in Giza m- mimic almost perfectly the the stars in orion's belt and the exactly. constellation of orion exactly, right. what is that right. all about right. well it, it, the theory is that at least according to this lady is that the pyramids drawing in um energy from the cosmos um so that the the big thing is that everything is connected right right now it's earth is like we were talking earlier about humans being separate from nature have separated themselves from nature. Well, Earth is not separated from the rest of the universe or the rest of the solar system. It's all tied in together. That's where the theories of, um, you know, the, the celestial body, celestial bodies, and um, the zodiac. Yep. You know, all of those things are, are are tied together. In in, it's the old saying. The old um, saying that as as above, so so below. Mm-hmm. So whatever happens in the you know out in space also affects the Earth. It's it's there's not a disconnect between the Earth and and the rest of the okay rest of the universe. So the theory is that the the pyramid is in alignment with that energy. Now now there's a concept of subtle energy, mm-hmm. which is an energy that is getting back to Tesla again. This is what Tesla believed in. This was his energy source. Subtle energy is, is like a cosmic energy that's present all the time. Um, we're just not aware of it. We're, we're not, we're not um, distinctly aware of it. 
all mm-hmm. the time. Uh, and it's it's almost like being in in an ocean of mm-hmm. energy. But um, you know, clearly, if you're in the ocean, you're aware of the water. So it's almost like water, but it's not it's not water. Water. It's it's an energy that surrounds everything. And that's what Tesla's towers were. And if you think about Tesla's towers, they they were kind of pyramidal. Yeah, they had the they, they had a, they, they had a, a, a the the cone shape. More, yeah, more right. Or well, less. the cone is. We're going to get to that in a couple of minutes. Sure. Um, so so the the function of the pyramid and, and all the pyramids around the Earth was that there was a connected energy source. Okay, so a connected energy source. Right. So. What, what the pyramid actually does, the shape of the pyramid takes this energy and it creates a vortex within the pyramid. And then that, then that, <laughs> technical issues here. And then that, that energy is transmitted um, and condensed, I guess you could say. Sure. In the pyramid and, and amped up. Even in space. a stone pyramid? A solid, a stone, absolutely. Absolutely. A solid stone pyramid. Absolutely. The, um, the pyramids in Egypt, at least, are made of two different types of material. Right. The inner part is is some form of granite that has uh, crystalline in it, crystal in it, and and granite um, always gives off a low form of radiation. That's what radon is in yeah. in houses that have granite. Like my house has granite, probably has radon. I don't know, but has has a granite foundation, so there's a low amount of radiation in it. And then the the outer part of the pyramid has a limestone covering, which most of it has gone at, is um, is limestone, which is an insulator. So so the outer covering of the of the pyramid prevented the the um, electricity that's formed by this vortex inside the pyramid from you know, leaching out through the sides, and it was condensed and brought up through the top. Which which um, the pyramid had a capstone at one time, right? Which was a crystal um, or gold. They're not really sure which. Either one is a conductor, and and then that energy was transmitted back out through that in a much more condensed to the people form, who were waiting intense form who, for for whatever they used it for. They, there was some thinking that they actually had lights, like street lights and things like that in in ancient Egypt. That's not that a crazy was, thing to 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 imagine because the thing is is like if you're if you're generating electricity then electricity has to go somewhere well yeah and be used for something i mean that's not just doing it for the hell i mean bad bad shit happens if you have electricity right that just builds up and builds up Mm -hmm. and and then Mm -hmm. for whatever reason it when it when it when it finds a ground Mm -hmm. that's that's where the freaking magic or the bad stuff happens where people get electrocuted or shit there was there was a story about a british um scientist that this is in the late 1880s now when you could still actually climb the pyramids uh-huh. um, he, he went up there with two Arab guides and, and they went to the top and he said he felt sort of like a weird kind of tingling up there well, of course, standing yeah. on top of the pyramid and he, he created um, he, he actually had a wine bottle I guess he was drinking wine which might have contributed to the whole thing but <laughs> <laughs> so he took the wine bottle and he, and he was a scientist so he understood you know the, the basic principles of electricity and wrapped it in wet newspaper uh-huh. and, and it it created a charge and and the the um, the guys the two Arabs that were with him were getting like real nervous and and he actually zapped one of them with a with this with this bottle with this charge I, I don't I don't know what the 
what the exact scientific term for that would be, but it would. It's, be, I think it's called electrocution. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, no, he didn't electrocute him, but um, was it? He actually tased him. I guess. <laughs> Don't tase me, bro. <laughs> so they they got scared and they ran. They took off. They ran down the side of the pyramid. And, but he actually proved that there was an electrical. There's something there going that, on that he um, that he condensed condensed in some way. You know, without using that that crude device, whatever that was. You know, that is weird. Yeah. So you know, th- those kinds of things are are proof that um, there's something something pretty strange. There's something on more there. going you know, it's on. It's more than, than just a tomb. It's more than just a cool more... a cool monument to some Amenhotep or somebody. Whoever I don't know who the guy. Who, and uh, and and every time that we turn around is as we keep expanding civilization mm-hmm. further and further out right, we keep right, finding right. more of these buried in 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 jungles and stuff they're, like they're that. all over the place one yeah, of the, so why is that we're not all as grand as the uh, the great pyramid in egypt but they're you know similar types of structures phil, phil copens wrote in his book about a pyramid that rivals in size the pyramids in Egypt. It's actually bigger than the one in Egypt. Where and there is it? Are, oh, I cannot remember. You're going to make you, me look it you, up, you aren't you? I knew I was going to ask you that. Um, Just keep chatting while they're, I... And they're, they're all over the place. And, and uh, there's supposedly one in um, Alaska that's buried. That's being, um, of course, this uh, Linda Moulton House talks about this. She's a, she's a paranormal researcher of the First Order. Um that the government is is um, unearthing, of course, not telling anybody about it, but pretty pretty huge pyramid in in uh, somewhere in Alaska. I don't know exactly where it is, but um, there's there's a a lot of them in South America and Mexico and different places. That makes you wonder, hmm, you know, what were they used for? Were they just purely used as ceremonial type things, or? It seems hard to imagine. Of all places, this pyramid is in uh, in Bosnia. Bosnia, yes, yes, I've heard about that. I've heard about that. That's kind of a crude one, I think. And you look but at the pictures of people it. People thought it was a mountain originally, I think. Well, well, you, well, you look at it, and it's look. It's obviously a pyramid that's covered with with Ve- with trees and vegetation and stuff, and stuff yeah, yeah, like I that. Know, I know and a lot. Of, there's a lot of debunkers that said it was a hoax and, and that kind of thing. So there's always those though. Um, so getting back to um, getting back to the cone shape, or, or the, you know, which the pyramid really, in some ways, is kind of a cone. When you think of it, it's a little bit different of a shape because it's got sides. But a cone is wide at the bottom and comes to a point. Of course, know, basically the same kind of thing. So there's there's a guy uh, called Michael Tellinger who, who we've we've referenced him before. I sure, we have. Um, he's he's got a lot of really really great theories about these kinds of things and he grew up in south america um, not south america south africa excuse me um and and i always wondered about um some of the things that he found there and and started doing a lot of research into it and he came across now now supposedly south america is where Adam's calendar is. Now, this is something that he's written a lot about. Adam Cal- Adam's calendar was supposedly the original base for the, for the Anunnaki. Okay. Right? And and they mine gold in South Africa, of which there is a lot. Uh, not <laughs> and, anymore. Uh, maybe, well, yeah, we don't know how much they took, but there's still some, I mean, they, they still mine gold there, I believe. Yeah. But there's there's signs of, of very ancient mines that were obviously right from intelligent 
you know, working, you know, that they weren't just tunnels that had formed by, yeah. by nature or something. Uh, so he started finding all these little implements, and, and there were little cone-shaped things. And at first he didn't really know what to make of them um, until he started doing some research into sound and, and how sound can be manipulated. And he came to understand, at first he thought they were digging implements of some kind, mm -hmm. you know, that were attached to like some kind of a tool or something, you know, for digging in the ground. And then he came to realize that um, these implements were actually um, very, very ancient technology for manipulating sound. Um, so apparently what, what the Anunnaki were doing was they were using these as tools to take sound and amplify it. Okay. Now, one of the one of the big things that led him to this discovery was there's a place in Florida called Coral Castle. Have you ever heard of that? I have, but you you're going to uh, elaborate on edify what it is. The, edify yeah. your knowledge on that. Uh, that was built by um, a guy named Ed Leascalis. Now again, he was he was, um, I think Serbian. He was Eastern European. Okay. Same, same as our friend uh, Nikolai Tesla, which is kind of curious in itself. So he he built this um, castle um, in hopes that he could lure a woman, uh, I think she was his fiance or something, over to the United States from from Eastern Europe. Uh, it was kind of like his sort of wedding present to her, I guess, right. or, or something to entice her. To say, hey, look what I can do. You want to come over here and hang out with me? But anyway, it didn't work. She didn't. She didn't buy into it. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened with that. But, but, but the bigger part of the story really is that he made this um, imposing structure of huge blocks of coral, um, and nobody knows how he did it. Yes, I've heard of that. He didn't have any like crane or typical types of machinery that you would use to, to lift, if if you even could lift lift blocks that big, you know. And he and he made elaborate structures like arches and and things like that. and swinging doors uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so everybody, he he didn't wouldn't tell anybody how he did. It. I, I guess he did it. Covertly, I don't know. He did it all by himself. Too. He, he that's did. A weird yeah, he, thing. he didn't have any help. Yeah, which is, again, yeah, that's that's very weird. So supposedly, two kids, two two teenagers, um, over, like peeked into what he was doing one day, you know, you know, on the sly, as as teenagers are wont to do, as, right. you, as you know, Eric, or something you would have done, I'm sure. Oh, we all. Hey, let's go check the coral castle out. See how the hell that guy's doing that. What are you crazy? Um, I did that this morning. <laughs> and they reported, they reported that he had two ice cream cones in his hand. One in each. He had, he had an ice cream cone in each hand. Is what I meant to say. Not two in each hand, but he had an ice cream cone. He had two ice cream cones, one in each hand. And um, they didn't know what the hell to make of that. You know, how do you, how do you, how do you do stuff with ice cream cones? But what they what they were probably really seeing were some kind of a cone technology that he was privy to for one reason or another i don't know where he found out about it but maybe he was tapped into the same thing that tesla was tapped into we're also know, realizing that of, he did sort of brethren i guess he did he did this he was actually from croatia I he think. did this back in the it's 1940s Croatian, serbia or in the same latvia 
Same region, right? That's where is that where Borat is from? I don't know. Yeah, that's another country. It's in that region. So um, I want to read. We invite you to tour our sculpture garden in stone built by one man, Edward. I'm not even going to butcher his name here. I, I tried to. That's uh, Leah Leah Scalen, Scalen, Leah Scalen, or something. From 1923 to 1951, he secret-handedly and secretly carved over 1,100 tons of coral rock. Now, see, there's it. Well, maybe and, he, maybe and, he did carve it, but, and what, his, but what did he carve it with? That's the that's the thing. I'm, you look Is at there, do they conjecture on that? You look at some of these pictures. No, it says it's unknown. Yeah, well, there you go. Which is kind of cool. I'd, I'd like to go there. Actually. We're, we're, but, that'd be a great place to record a podcast. Yeah, that would be a big trip. So, Tellinger's thinking on this is that he was able to capture the technology that um, the Anunnaki were using to 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 do mining and to to elevate um, large pieces of material um, using sonic technology. So, so the theory behind it is that. These, these cones actually um, create a vortex, which, which allows, um, and, it, and it's scientifically proven that if you create a vortex, it, it throws off the gravity around that vortex. So that, so that makes elevating something that's extremely heavy possible. Are you following me or not? This raises a question. How come we're not looking into that technology now? Yeah. Why, Why aren't hell? we? Because, exactly. Why are we still using what would be considered primitive technology by these standards anyway? Because the thing is, is that if you, if, if you can, by remote energy... You can move these rocks or whatever. Well, it's a natural force. That it's a exists. natural force. If right. you're using it's this natural artificial. force that exists mm -hmm. with these cones, why don't we just like replace the wheels on my Ford Flex with these cones and and let's go to the moon, create, man? Create vortexes around your 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 four tires. Why not? Your four wheels. No, I mean I know it's a, it's a perfectly good question. It's the question actually. Why? Why are we not, you know, why don't we know about this stuff? If they were using this technology 100,000 years ago to build huge structures like the pyramids, and, that, and that's the next thing I was going to get to, is that maybe, you know, the, the standard thinking is that they had 50,000 slaves that worked day and night to, to move these huge blocks into or place. Or could be just one dude with two... With, with two cones levitating those bad, bad two, boys into two, place. Two brass cones moving these, like... Right, right. I mean, who knows? It could you know, have been. If this guy did it. If he knew how to do it, you look at. I mean, well, you look at the pictures. I'm going to have this in the show notes for for show number eighteen. Yeah, ancient alien pyramids. You'd be crazy if you didn't. How the hell can you look at this and not saying how come we're not doing research into what this guy did? You got it. That's my exact line of thought. I, really? What? Why are we not using this? You know, why are we burning? crude primitive fuels when we could be using this kind of energy that's which is exactly what tesla was saying and nobody listened to him you know he was a kook because if you because because the because the powers to be the big money people they don't want us to to to, to know about this because here, here's here's my thinking here's my line of thinking and it always gets back to space travel for me walt why not 
if the next step if you could move these rocks around effortlessly mm-hmm. if you can move these rocks around like they're like they're styrofoam right okay who's to say that you couldn't use this technology to build like something like a space capsule well there's theories that that that's the technology that ufos run on it, it's 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 a vortex that throws off the gravitational field and and gives you the ability to levitate and hence levitate anything you want all that you could levitate you can use it for propulsion my sons could use it to levitate the trash on the floor in their room and they they have two cones yeah you know and the thing is is that it's like if you could easily fly anywhere using this universal energy that Mm -hmm. we're we're all tapped into but we just don't have a, a way to utilize it then this gets back to the controversial um, issues with uh, the pyramids and the alien structures on the moon and the alien structures uh, structures that we found on Mars. It's all tied together. It's a, it's a big, and who knows big dot to dot. Where else are we going to find these weird alien structures? Right. Now, 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 speaking of that, um, I, I saw a thing um, that the, the Egyptian Ankh, yeah. You've seen those? Oh yes, it's a, of it's course. A, it's a you know it's a pretty known shape, but each pharaoh had his own ankh, and it was different. Okay, which means that um, they were using their own vibrations to to create some kind of an energy or a force using the ankh as a, as the tool, which would be similar to a cone. You know, that would be a little bit cruder form. And I saw a picture of of an ankh on Mars. Of, a, of, a, of an implement that looks like an onk on Mars. You ever seen that one? You say stuff like this, and it only means one thing. What? I'm onk going. on <laughs> Mars. Eric has to Google it. I have Mars. to check it out. He, he can't help himself. But I still have the coolest thing to reveal. The coolest, the coolest uh, thing of all. Coolest thing I've learned about as in, if you haven't in, been in revealing many, cool stuff the whole time. Go well, ahead. this is I, to me this is the coolest because it's it's nature. It's, Hit me it's, with it. It has to do with the cone shape in nature. Hit me with it. Um, and this is from Tallinger now. He he or somebody, not he he, he learned of this anyway. Um, the dragonfly. Okay, you've seen dragonflies. They're cool, why, cool why, little flying creatures. They're awesome. Um, how do you think they fly? They just bat their little wings like ah, crazy. <laughs> no, they don't. No. Well, in in some ways you're right. In some ways you're right. Sure. Not exactly right. But it's not like what it, not how a bird flies. Birds flap their wings and they you know they they right. elevate themselves. They actually push the right. air to, back towards the ground. Exactly. They're creating their own force. So right. Push you know, right. opposite force from from gravity. What dragonflies do is they they vibrate their wings and. If you study a, if you study a, um, a, a dragonfly's wing microscopically, you'll you can look at it and it looks like they have veins in their wings. However, they're not veins. What they are is hollow tubes, and attached to those tubes, what kind of shape do you think there are? Little 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 shapes, hmm. little things. What's the what's the show topic this week? Pyramids and cones. Mm, cones. They they all have cones running along them. So what the dragonfly is actually doing is with their wings vibrating, the vibration goes through the, through the hollow tubes 
into the cones, the cone-shaped little implements that, that are attached to all of these channels, and they're actually defying gravity. So when they fly, they're creating a vortex with their wings. Get the hell out. gravity. It's true. I gotta check this out. We're gonna have we're gonna, blow your mind with that one. Huh? We're gonna have links to this in the show notes on the meta, metaphysical podcast. Is that not com. is that not the coolest that thing is, you've that heard? Is, in, that is in, one of the in, coolest in, things. And so watch a drag. I was watching them yesterday. I, some reason I have a dragonfly. Uh, it's a meeting place. I think it's a dragonfly singles bar. Boom, 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 Yeah, a lot of a lot of dragonflies with little gold chains and stuff. <laughs> hey, baby, come to this pond often. Yeah, like, like my wings. <laughs> um, hey, but baby. some reason uh, they, they they go back to the same place to mate. It's, it's yeah. like a thing, that, and, yeah. and my yard is the thing. So they keep me up at night. You know? <laughs> but I but I watch them, and and they don't fly like birds fly. No, they, they don't. really don't. They and they can hover. You know, birds, birds can't really hover. They could, they they glide. Right. They can't hover in one place. They can by flapping their wings, I guess. But right. Or they can get like seagulls a, can. Seagulls can hover. They can so. get a, an up current of air, yeah, and they yeah. can just sort of. But if you watch dragonflies, they really just can come to a stop and just. You know, and it's because they're what they're doing is they're vibrating their wings. And they're creating an anti-gravitational force. Okay, so this brings so they're, up... So they're actually levitating is what they're doing. So this brings up another question, Walt. Okay, how come I we, thought it would. How come we're not looking at dragonflies and saying, how can we get Eric to do that? So maybe he'll stop making these dumbass podcasts. <laughs> well, or, or how can we get our, Eric to vibrate at that level? <laughs> Give him a big set of dragonfly wings and... How come we're not um, trying to utilize that technology to... You tell me. That's what I'd like to know. And that's... The bigger the bigger point is that that's, a natu- that's nature. You know, it's nature nature doing that. Nature and, figured and, out a way to do and, that. And whoever this civilization was that was utilizing natural energy figured that out a long time ago. This is another... And, and we still haven't been able to get there. Why is it whenever the topic of pyramids come up, Walt, you always wind up saying things that blow my... F- Freaking mind. Well, you know, I, I look into this stuff, and this is what I find. You know, none of this is shit that I made up. This is, <laughs> this is stuff that other people, you know, have have legitimately come up with. You know, um, you know, there's the, strangely enough, uh, and maybe it's not strange. I don't know. The the Russians have been doing a huge amount of research. Huge Bernie Sanders, huge amount of research in this in this field. They, when, when communism collapsed, they apparently had this big chunk of money that was left over from, you know, from the communism regime. Build, building nuclear regime. bombs and stuff. Well, whatever they were using it for, I don't know. Nothing good. Um, and this one scientist, Russian scientist, got a hold of it or got access to it and started looking into pyramids and what, what the deal is behind pyramids. And they, and they constructed 12 pyramids out of plexiglass and uh, PVC tubing um, across Russia. And and they're now, I don't know exactly, it's, it's kind of covert, I don't know exactly what they're doing with it, but apparently they have a real big pyramid in Siberia. That's, it's an exact replica of the, uh, of the Great Pyramid in Egypt. So what the hell are they doing this for? I don't and, know. And, and, I don't and, know. And what what are they and getting? Why are they doing it? it? Why are they doing it? And we're not. That's that's a bigger issue for me. There's so many, and and sort of this gets back to another thing that is like I love to harp on. We here in the United States, we used to be huge innovators. 
We used to invite people from all over the world and say, if you got a great idea, hey, come on over. Well, yeah, but... Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness means... But but all that stuff's been hijacked by... Um, large, you know, first of all... Large look, corporations. Look, look what happened with Tesla. You know, this guy was an out-and-out, brilliant, thousands, maybe a thousand years ahead of his time, or at least many hundreds years ahead of his time. And, and they made him look like a buffoon. They, they made a jackass out of him. And, you know, so anytime somebody comes up with something like this, they get... You know, they get they get either either the technology gets used for to gets weaponized, you know, which is what they wanted to do with Tesla's Ray that he that he that he developed, um, or or it it gets pushed, you know, below the surface so people can't get access to it. So so we can continue to be um, taken advantage of by by large corporations. It's just the way it goes. So that's, you know, that, that's I, guess some that, crazy, I guess that's, that's the some answer crazy to your stuff. question. Yeah. yeah. So, Cause, so cause, uh, another thing Tellinger talked about is um, a Sazer, um, which is like a laser, but instead of using light, sound. It uses sound, right. And who knows that that can't be something that could be used, um, you know, for something other than a for military usage, you know, for killing people with it but what it does is it intensifies sound. like 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 uh, i'm not sure how the technology works but like a laser does it 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 condenses it, a beam of light into a certain specific point yeah it, and makes it really intense well it does the same this this device which which was only found out in 2009 so it's very recent technology um that it could that sound could be used for that that purpose, whatever the purpose is, I don't know what you would use it for, but maybe for you know for for travel, for what, levitating, whatever. for for whatever. Yeah. So we're we're coming up at the end of the show here, are we? Oh man, that went fast. And I'm and I'm asking this question here. Well, we're, right now we're we're almost uh, we're almost at ten of. Mm-hmm. We we've, we've been recording this segment for about fifty minutes. Which I th- always I want to know like what is the bottom line what what is the end thought in all of this and I'm listening to all this and the thing that sort of strikes me as odd as we're like we're living in a diabolical dark alternate reality because there are all these technologies out there that we could be using but we're not using right and the and, thing and is and you know how many people if you postulated that to them would say. You're crazy. We've got cars. We've got TV. We've got cell phones. But we could have. We're not in a dark age. We could have all that and more without destroying the planet in the process. And it would be free. Well, that's the thing. The dirty word. The dirty word is free. free. You, you damn socialist hippie. And you know what? I, I don't mind people making a buck. You know, you got, you got, you got to live. You know, I get that. Sure. I, I, I. Understood that I had to make money to you know put food on the table and pay for a house and stuff. I get that. Blah blah. Yeah. But you don't have to make zillions and zillions of dollars and build big mansions like Vanderbilt and and all those wild in the process those, destroying those, the environment, right, man. Those greedy pigs, really. Right. I'll, I'll just come out and say, I, and I, I hate to diminish pigs that way, but yeah, um, you know, you don't you don't have to do that. Okay, you want to make a few bucks more power to you 
but you don't have to make an obscene amount of money and use technology that's destructive to the planet. That's that's the bottom line. We could all me. be living when we could be using this stuff. We could all be living in like a Buck Rogers mm-hmm. Flash Gordon right. universe. And and why aren't we listening to to Michael Tellinger and David Wilcock and and I don't have this lady's name who did the the pyramid documentaries, but she's they're they're brilliant people that nobody's listening to or somebody's listening, but not enough people. Certainly the government's not listening to them. They make them look like like they're crazy. I would like to think that I have an open mind, Walt. I would oh, yeah. like. Yeah, I would yeah. like to think yeah. that I have a pretty open mind. Yeah, you're, and, you're willing to entertain just about anything. I think. But the thing is, even is, this is blowing my mind, man. Which which part of it? The whole notion of like you know cones and pyramids being able to harness. And I'm going to just uh, just postulate here that while we're looking for dark energy and dark matter, stuff an an alternate um, uh, source of of stuff as it were that the universe is made out of it's all around us it's, it's all around we're us. living in a sea of free energy dark matter and, and we're not accessing dark it. matter dark dark energy that we're not it's dark because we can't see it we can't well it, it's it's the, 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 i think a more appropriate term is subtle energy it's there but it's not a, you know we're not aware of it that is per se. It, and it was I just mean, like, a lot of us aren't aware of it some people probably are I just wonder what how, what's going to happen in the near future when people start to realize that you can you can have, you can have dragonfly wings and you can you can buzz. Hey, there was a guy uh, again, an Eastern European guy. I don't know why it's all coming out of there. He might have been Russian. I don't know, but he made a device out of insect wings that he it was like a thing he could stand on and and levitate off the ground with it. I, it, and, and they they like they they like stone, pretty much stoned the guy. It's, this guy's nuts. He, there's a picture of him doing it, and they were all saying, "Oh, it was some kind you, of a you, trick that you, he used." You got to get me that picture. I, I can, yeah, I'll, I'll get it to you. It's on the uh, it's on one of the one of the shows. But you think about all this technology. I mean, Not to we, get the guy's name. You, I mean, you think about this. I mean, we could we look we we could have vacation homes or, or in the clouds. We could you know, with all it's this uh, untold what differences there could be. You, you could know? you could you know you you could take your driver's test by like circling around the moon and parallel parking between the monoliths yeah, and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. And maybe that maybe that technology exists. We just not we're just not privy to it. We don't we don't get access to it. I don't know. That is the strange. Yeah. This is this is why I love doing the show because you, you always bring up some of the weirdest things that I have ever heard in my life. That's cool. That's what I'm, that's what I'm about. I'm this about is like stuff. Wow. All right. Yeah, and, and and I hope the listeners are saying the same thing. Like, they're they're either saying one or two things. They're saying, like, this is really, really cool stuff where this guy's, like, totally nuts. But, hey, you know, you can find this stuff. we got to get some Henry. I'm not making this up. You know, I'm not, I don't, like, sit around at night and say, oh, we're going to make up and do, say about, talk about on the podcast. It's going to make people I be, I bet stand that, up and I, take attention. I bet that there were some people out here there who were thinking, i got to get some of that, that Henry's hard soda <laughs> right, so I right. can come up with weird yeah, ideas yeah. like that. Yeah, I, only, I only drink Henry's during the podcast. <laughs> Not at any other time to, to influence my thinking. But, no, I um, had a couple of six packs and I was a hit of the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is this is all stuff that you know is out there if you choose to look. But why don't we know? Why is this not standard stuff? I have, you know, I have you know, no. Why I is have. there no like channel even? For, I mean, Gaia. If 
I highly recommend Gaia for people who have a Roku or however you can access it. It's it's got like great great alternative stuff on there that you don't see anywhere else. Yeah. What can I say? You know. God. And then you have the metaphysical connection, which is exactly. going to be your doorway to that. It you know? is. It is. So so anyway, this we're, is we're creating a an internet vortex of knowledge and we're, <laughs> and we're defying gravity the internet yeah, that's vortex. another whole thing that i never yeah. didn't even get into is that gra- everybody thinks that gravity is a pulling effect right when you when you think that are you asking me as as oh, yeah. average yeah. joe on the yeah. street or yeah, are you yeah, asking yeah. me as eric fisk either either way uh, no the thing is is that gravity gravity has like two polarities and the, oh, and the, you do know and the, bit about and gravity. the polarity that we're used to is the one that 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 is holding a, is keeping us firmly attached to terra firma right. and then there's the but but the gravity that keeps us attached to terra firma is not a pulling effect it's a pushing effect seriously absolutely oh, all right and and it's overcoming the the pulling effect which is which is not really what gravity is the pushing effect, pushing down effect, is stronger than the than the pushing up effect. We're going to actually have to do an entire podcast on the nature of gravity. Yeah, yeah, we could, we could. Yeah, That's, that was just a sidebar. Yeah, um, but uh, David Wilcock has a whole series of shows about that. He, he's an amazing dude. He's, I, he's he's out there. I think we should throw it out to the. Um, to the listeners here, what do you think about all this? Just, I mean, are we are we living in a, in a in what is essentially the Stone Age or the Iron Age and and uh, the Silicon Age, which is just we're we're not living to our full potential Absolutely as a society, not, not even close, in in many ways. And if you had access to this technology, what would you do with it? Where would you go? And and is this technology being kept kept from us by intent? I don't. I don't think it's just pure ignorance yeah. of, of of these things. I think it's it's intentional, just like the. Yeah, I Roswell. totally agree. Same, I same totally reason why we, we're not getting Roswell technology. I, I, I would almost guarantee you that the UFO technology that's been been captured is very similar to this kind. Of Utilizes thing. a lot I, of the I would, things. I would. I would. We... I would almost bet on that. And uh, what does it do? It, that sounds it, like a topic for a new show. The old saying: you can't put a meter on it. You know? That's a. I think that's a topic for another show in a future time. Right, going to create right. a post-it, and we really didn't even get to why all of these structures are all around the planet. That was actually our original theme, I think. In yeah, it I was. Kind of, I kind of hijacked it. You know what? Here's a great idea. Why don't we do part two next week on the origins of of, of the pyramids and who who built them and why and where did they go and and what's the deal with um, so you know the ancient civilizations? Let's do that. That we don't really have. You know, we have very only snippets of knowledge about, even really about Egypt. We we have a we what? have a, a, a knowledge of Egypt that's very limited. Let's save that. Limited by our what the history tells us. Let's let's save that for for next week's show. Okay, we'll just do a- ancient yeah. alien pyramids yeah. part two for next week. Right. I, I kind of went off on the uh, the cone and 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 what kind of technology that is and stuff like that. Yeah, that's, that's okay. great. Yeah, that's, that's great. So we so we have our topic for next week. Sounds good. All right. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. Break out the Henrys. Yeah. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish my mind right now. So thanks for listening, folks. This has been the Metaphysical Connection. 
Episode 18, Ancient Alien Pyramid Technology, Part 1 with your hosts, Walt Schnabel and Eric Renderking-Fisk. This podcast is dedicated to exploring the unexplained and supernatural phenomenon and is dedicated to you people, our listeners. You can learn more about us by going to our webpage, metaphysicalpodcast.com. There you will find links to this episode show page with links to more information on this podcast's topics. Also, the metaphysicalpodcast.com, you can find links to our Facebook and Twitter handle, past episodes, and links to our iTunes and Player FM accounts. That's also a great portal for you to contact us and let us know if you'd like to be guests on our show. Just drop us a line with a quick summary of what you'd like to talk about or promote and means of getting back in touch with you. The Metaphysical Connection is a product of the Fedora Chronicles Network, copyright 2016, all rights reserved. Until next time, keep your chins up and your fedoras on. I'm William Shatner and I emote deep inside my constipation. You, you can't help yourself, can you? I, I can't you help myself. You gotta do a bitch. <laughs> Is there any such thing as a good William Shatner? Oh, that's true. Even, even he does a bad Shatner. <laughs> <laughs>